0: Hello, and welcome to the writers and illustrators of the Future Podcast. This is John Goodwin, your host. This podcast is dedicated to the aspiring writer and artist and will provide inspiration and tips from top professionals in the field. If you've been listening to this podcast or are new to it, I thank you very much. I would also appreciate if you took a moment to follow it on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcasts. I'm currently at Superstars Writing Conference in Colorado Springs, Colorado, where I've met many incredible people. One such person is Dave Sheets, I met at the table I sponsored at the annual dinner. Dave is the CEO of Indie Book Services. He has been in the publishing industry for over 25 years, working on all facets of publishing, and has turned his experience and expertise into his company, Indie Book Services. And for this reason, I said, the conference is over now, but I said, I need to talk to you. This is something I've never done before, and I get totally giddy when I have the opportunity to talk to somebody new. some facet of publishing I've not dealt with before, so this is a brand new area that we're going to discuss. I know I'm looking forward to it, and I think you're going to enjoy this as well. Welcome, Dave. Thank you.
1: It's good to be here.
0: Yeah, so I guess as an overview, um, one of the first things when we were talking at, at dinner, you've got the experience on the whole publishing line from here's a manuscript, or not even, you take it even from a concept, I want a book, and I want to just a general overview. What happens to take when someone has an idea, all the steps it takes to actually get that book you've got in your hand or that you find in a bookstore?
1: Yeah, That's a great question. Um, with the, I'll kind of give you the background of how we work with our clients a little sure. bit. Um, some of our clients come to us with a finished manuscript, and so that finished manuscript uh, comes into uh, our, our service group. Um, we take that, go through an editing process, uh, we take that then and design covers around that. Uh, we uh, Once the author has approved that final manuscript that's been edited, we take that into a layout phase for the interior layout. Uh, we t- then take it to an ebook process to do ebook conversions. Um, and then the, the kind of the fa- packaging phase is finished. We should have print ready files at that point in time that have been approved. Uh, and then it goes into what we call uh, kind of the distribution, the marketing, and the sales phase. Uh, where we are helping our clients to be set up initially with distribution, uh, where we go into uh, using distribution platforms like Amazon, um, like uh, Smashwords or draft digital for wide distribution on eBooks, uh, with Ingram Spark even for wide distribution for the paper editions to make those available at retail and so forth. So that those are the things that we do in our process, uh, along with a lot of strategy development, so uh, while we don't always implement the marketing uh, because that's the the really the purview of the author themselves and in our case, the author is the publisher, um, we're uh, heavily involved with helping the, with strategy development.
0: okay, so now getting a book printed and so I'm talking about print books so i got ebooks, I got that whole thing you've got you know there's various platforms you can actually go through to actually get a a, a book. For sale as an ebook but now a printed book because we've gone through some serious changes and evolutions and upheavals over the last couple of years because of the pandemic and the loss of some of the chemicals that are needed they're actually made in china that are used to make the, the paper the process right. of the paper to to make the book, print the books with and also some of the mills shutting down and definitely many printing presses shutting down so what's the pro, what goes to there and and like because some people are like, well, why can't you just get a book printed? It's it's not like it used to be. <laughs> no, it's not. It,
1: the uh, The pandemic really took uh, a toll on the printing industry in, in some bad ways and also some good ways. Printing presses did shut down. There were companies that couldn't make it through the pandemic uh, for various reasons. A lot of times they, they lost their staff because of COVID. Uh, they couldn't recover from some of that. Uh, print mills, Um, kind of forecast that they weren't going to see the the same sort of demand. And so they started to slow down operations. In some cases, they even had to shut down because they weren't um, considered to be essential staff, you know, essential businesses. And so you had this perfect storm of of businesses slowing down, but yet the reading public was actually ramping up. And Mm -hmm. so you had, um, you know, a, a lot of demand going into a uh, constricted industry. Um, and so what happened is what normally would have been, you know, eight to 10 weeks, um, even less in some cases to print a book or to print some volume of books, uh, then became three, four, five months. I even saw some of our suppliers upwards of six months out for getting books printed. And it was all due to the supply chain. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a very challenging time. Fortunately, we're starting to see a lot of that come back now. Uh, we're seeing the, uh, the industry now for, with a lot of our suppliers is now down, back down around that eight-week mark, 10-week mark uh, for print runs. But it, it does take some time. Uh, I, I always tell, tell our clients, you don't always work, want to work with the guy that can do it the fastest because a lot of times that means that he's not very good. If he's not busy, he's not very good. So yeah. uh, it's, it's not a bad thing to have to wait a little bit to work with a good printer.
0: Okay, so now we've got the whole printing, of, the printing evolution, getting books and distribution. And, and you get books, obviously, on Amazon, but you can get it into bookstores. You, you, you can get the, the regular distribution that anybody else can actually get.
1: Yeah, we, we can. And I, I, I think I failed to mention something earlier, too. So we when I was talking with clients that come in with a finished manuscript, there's actually a step before that, and that's what every author has to go through, and that's the the writing phase. Um, so, the, the, you know, with some authors, they like to write, they want to write, they have the time to write, and they, so they come to us with a finished manuscript. In lots of other cases, we work with a lot of clients who don't have the time to write, aren't confident in the process, and don't even know where to start. And so we actually will take them through a ghostwriting process, or a co-writing process or even a coaching process to get them to the point where they have a finished manuscript. If if they're working on their first book, actually a lot of times we're encouraging them to take the basic steps, the foundational steps uh, like Amazon, like uh, Draft2Digital and Smashwords uh, and IngramSpark, for example, as their foundational base to get books into those areas. If they don't have a, a platform yet to really speak from, uh, or to market from, or to uh, get publicity from, that's where we encourage them to kind of stop, to, to not, or not stop, but maybe to postpone some of, uh, of those other things. Uh, going to a national distribution platform takes a lot of work, a lot mm-hmm. of energy, and frankly, a lot of money. And... If you don't have the ability to invest in that marketing to drive consumers into those retail stores, then it's a lot of times it's um, it's premature to actually go to that point. Right. So sometimes we we're 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 actually encouraging clients not to spend money with us uh, or spend money on
0: some of those things because they're just not ready for it yet. So you, you talk about your clients. So what kind of people are your clients? Uh, that's a great question. We
1: we work with fiction authors. We work with nonfiction authors. We work with children's authors. Those are the three areas that we tend to specialize in. But to, to be honest, the, the, the majority of the people that we do end up working with tend to be nonfiction authors. Uh, fiction authors like at places like Superstars, for example, develop these tribes of people. There's a collaborative process. Everybody's helping each other. Uh, they're learning how to do covers themselves or they're learning where to go and get covers from professional designers and um, all of those types of things. Where we have found our services are most needed tend to be with uh, people who might be business leaders, CEOs, speakers, coaches, consultants who are are, are out in the business world. They're busy. Uh, They don't have a lot of time. They don't have really any idea about how they go about getting a book produced, written or produced. And so when we start having those conversations, we're able to bring kind of a one-stop shop approach to them to give them what they need, number one, and help make
0: them successful, number two. Okay, so nonfiction, and I want to address this question we talked about, we we had dinner before this to be able to work out you know what would be the topics and how to discuss yeah. this area for it that would be most appropriate and beneficial to the people listening to this podcast. What we're talking about is 10, 15, 20 years ago, would have sounded like vanity publishing. How is this not because van- you clarified it very clearly for me. so how is this different than? Vanity publishing. That's a great question. Yeah, we <laughs> in the industry we deal with that term a
1: lot, and and there you go onto forums and you go onto these groups, and the and authors are like, don't don't go to vanity, don't go vanity. Um, the the real difference, and this is how I I describe this on a, a lot of workshops and, and and roundtables that I do with CEOs and leaders and so forth, is on 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 one side of the equation you have uh, traditional publishing, and traditional publishing, of course, is where a um, a, a company licenses the content. They they work with it. Um, they take the content over. In a lot of cases, there's a lot of control issues that come with that. Uh, but they do fund the program and they go out and 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 publish those books. Uh, there's a there's a long time factor that goes into that. So it can take you know 24, 36. I mean, it can take two or three years to get a book out because it has to fit in into a list. All the way over on the other side of the industry, you've got what's called self-publishing. Mm-hmm. And, and true self-publishing is where an author really is doing as much of that work on their own as they can. They're kind of learning how to maybe design a cover. They're learning how to uh, lay out the interior. They're doing a lot of self-editing. Um, we, of course, recommend everybody gets edited well. But you know, a lot of times, there's, there's corners that tend to be cut and so forth. And it's a starting point. So I'm not saying that either one of those are wrong or right. They're just they're different approaches. Right. Um, what we do really fits right in the middle of that. We're, we're more, much more of a hybrid organization where our clients have all the control uh, that they would expect to have from true self-publishing with all the professional services that they would get from a traditional publisher. So we sit right in the middle uh, and, and we do that. The vanity side of things really is um, a a moniker and and should be applied to uh, some of the predatory organizations that are out there. I'm not going to name names. Um, And what they like to do is typically start with a low cost number and just continue to upsell. Um, And in that process, of course, you lose a lot of trust with your clients because you're always in a selling mode and you're not in a helping mode. Um, so those, that's one of the challenges within the industry is that a lot of times anybody who's helping an independent author get can get easily labeled as a vanity press or a vanity publisher, when in fact we're a service organization, and there are lots of other service service organizations that are out there. And what we're doing is we're simply bringing professional services to our clients that they would expect to get, you know, from a traditional publisher, um, and we're doing that in a way that. Uh, empowers our clients; mm-hmm. uh, they own everything. For example, with us, we don't take a sales percentage. We we just get paid for what we do and what we do well. Uh, so that's I, I think that uh, is a, a, a an important distinction within uh, that whole vanity press idea.
0: I get it. So now I've got, you gave me this one book and we just had dinner at his restaurant. No lux given, and it's uh, a chef, a celebrity chef named Brother Luck. And so you I got a book in my hands right now um, no lucks given brother luck so there's no it doesn't say daw press or um, Berkeley or anything like that it's just how how like so why did he do this in the first place and what's the what's the gain from it uh, why would someone else do this and I'm, I imagine that constitutes some of your your uh, Public that you actually deal with, what what right. you serve on this thing here, and the value of having this book. Was it do for a client? Right.
1: Well, one of the things we talked about at dinner too was the, you know the whole the whole idea of vanity uh, in terms of traditional publishers, and uh, I do have clients that or uh, potential clients that come in and, and they, you know, as we talk about goals and what are they trying to accomplish and all of those types of things. You know, one of the things that they might mention is, "Gosh, I really want to have. I, I really think I want to go traditional because I want to have a this name on the on the spine of my book, and publisher and publisher's name publisher's name like a you know a, a big publisher, one of the big five or something, Penguin like that. or yeah, Random yeah, House, somebody yeah. like that." And 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 the funny thing to me is, I I I look at them virtually. You know, usually it's a Zoom call and. And I said, "Well, that you do understand that 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 is the epitome of vanity press, right there. Is that the only reason that you really want to work with that publisher is for their name on the spine of the book?" And and, and I get these weird looks sometimes, and, and 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 sometimes it's just not the right fit, and that's okay, and we move on, and we we talk to somebody else. But in a case like uh, with Brother Luck, uh, we were at, at a meeting one time, and I had no idea that he wanted to write a book. But one of the other guys there did know that, also knew what I did, and kind of raised the conversation. And I saw brother brother Lux' head kind of whip around, and he said, "Is that what you do?" And I was like, "Yes, this is this is what we do. We help, you know, business leaders and and and, and entrepreneurs and so forth, um, craft content that can be delivered in book form, and ebook form, and audiobook form, and so forth, that helps them do." Uh, one or all three of these things. Number one, it gives them credibility. Number two, it um, it opens up wider and larger audiences to them for them to speak to, and number three, it brings new clients to them. And and he was like, "Wow, that's that's exactly what I'm looking for." And so we we sat down and talked about it a little bit more, and we started working on the project. In his case, we actually co-wrote with him. So on the book cover, the book cover, there's a co- co-writer's name, uh, Marcus Costantino, and um, and, and, and they collaborated on this process. And, Mm -hmm. and, and if brother decides to write a second book, he's now that much further ahead because he understands how the writing process works. Uh, but this was his first book. He was, you know, I, I've got some good things. He said, I'm not sure how to do some things. And so that's where we collaborated on the co-writing, but it was a, it was a perfect fit for him because, um, as he kind of told us, He said, you know what? I'm a chef. I'm a successful chef. I'm a, I'm a celebrity chef. I've been on TV. I do, I do all these things, but I want to, I want to be bigger than that. I want to, I want a bigger platform. I want to become CEO of an organization, my organization, rather than just known as chef. And and so that's, that's what this book has helped him to start doing uh, as he's now traveling around um, the the country and around the world, uh, getting to speak on things, that have to do with cooking and being a chef, yeah. but also on things like mental health, and, and his and his own life, and how he can help people along those lines.
0: That's amazing. So, I said you've done the majority is your is your nonfiction, but you also said uh, YA, young adult, uh, children's books. Children's, yeah, yeah. We,
1: it's actually a, kind of a passion for us. We love doing children's books. We love. The, the creative process of that. We love being able to help an author to communicate something that's passionate to them, to uh, this young generation of either, you know, read to me, you know, kids might be four or five years old to young readers who are just learning how to read. And uh, so that, yeah, that, that's, it, it, it's, it's uh, an area that we really enjoy getting involved with.
0: I get it. So what's been, um, in terms of that, what's been your most fun project and how did that Evolve. Gosh, the most fun
1: project. Um, I think there's. Uh, we got involved with a nonprofit organization uh, called Family Dynasty, and um, the the immediate connection that I felt with the the author, what who was going to become the author of this book, um, was was really incredible and the way that he cared about families and he cared about future generations and, 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 and connecting kids back to their parents and all of these types of things. And that was a one book project when we first started. And we, we actually ghost wrote that pr- particular project with him. And that project is now turned into what is going to be a five book series it's going to be children's books. It's going to be young adult books. Um, there's all, I mean, it's this line of content that's developed out of that all because uh, of our first connection and our kind of uh, buy-in to where he was going as an author. And uh, so I think that's been probably one of the most fun projects we've worked on and, and, and will continue to work on over the next few years mm-hmm. with him. Is, is that line of content and developing that?
0: I get it. Now when someone has I ah, like I want a book, I got a book, I need to get out. I don't know what to do. They then call Dave. So then what's the timeline on? Because I know'm I'm, I'm traditional public publishing you get like two, three years independent publishing that that anticipates you've got a book yourself and you're going to go either find somebody like kevin anderson at word fire or you know an, an indie publisher or you're going to go through kdp at uh, amazon and just do it yourself mm-hmm. um so what's the timeline like when someone says yo dave yeah no it's a great
1: question um the t- timeline for us is I mean we live in this generation uh in this culture now where people expect things to be done yesterday, sure, and so uh, we can't uh, obviously we can't do things that quickly, but we also know that many authors and 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 you know business leaders and entrepreneurs and so forth can't wait the two or three years that it may take a, a traditional publisher to get it in their line you know i I come from traditional publishing, so I understand that. It's not always that they want to do that. They just can't do that. They've already got books that are scheduled. Uh, and so when we get involved with the process, we have that initial conversation with an author. we're asking them, what are their what you know, what are your goals? You know, do you have specific events that are coming up that you need this book for? Are you trying to do something that has a timeline on it? That's important to us. Uh, if we're helping that author craft the content, You know, typically what we're seeing is we're about 90 days in that process. So whether it's ghostwriting, co-writing, coaching, if an author can dedicate a you know an hour or two here, an hour you know a week, that sort of thing, through the process, helping to give us and paint the picture and give us that information, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot we we do a lot over Zoom. So we we'll interview the author over zoom asking questions building that outline and then we transcribe that and it becomes content for the book. And so if they if they can give us a little bit of time and 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 we can keep them on a quick schedule it's about a 90 day process. Once we have a finished manuscript and that's where we start going into that second phase for us the packaging phase, you know, then we get it into a professional editor even even if we've written it it goes through editing because it has to. We've got to right. have we've got to have a fresh set of eyes on that content. So it goes through editing and proofreading um, and design and layout and all the the pieces that I mentioned earlier, that can be a a 60 or 90 day process as well. So we like to tell our clients if we're doing everything soup to nuts to help you with this, to get a book out so that you have something that's going to, you know, generate the return that you need as a business leader an entrepreneur so forth. It's about a six month deal.
0: Okay. I mean, that's amazingly fast considering that it can take easily that long for an actual author, author to write a book. That's correct. Now your books are, what's, what size of books do you have? And, and what's your, what's, what's the science behind what it is that you do do? Sure.
1: Yeah. It, I mean, we, we, we've been doing this a long time, so we understand kind of how this works. Um, it, it, it's, it's not formulaic, but we do a lot of the same things with our clients if it's a nonfiction book, for example, and we're working with a, uh, an author and we're, we're helping with the ghostwriting process, for example, uh, we know that um, you know forty to 50,000 words is where we need to be at. If you're too much shorter than that, then there's, there's not as much perceived value and you've got a very thin, flimsy book. If there are too many w- more words than that, all of a sudden you've got a book that's really too thick. And you know, the perceived value or, or when people pick it up their 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 immediate thought is, I don't have time for this. It's too many words. And so we, we try to stick in that two hundred page you know, maybe it's a, a signature less than that, a signature more than that, but in that in that zone, uh, so that we can hit, hit that particular sweet spot. Um, I don't I don't remember what Brother Luck's book is, but it's probably in that yeah, just over 200 pages. Yeah, two twenty nine. Yep. So that that's exactly where we want to be. Kind of you know twenty twenty under or twenty over somewhere yeah. of the 200, because we know that that's what works. Obviously, the interior needs to be laid out well. It needs to be professional. It needs to. It, the book has to feel like a random house or a Simon and Schuster or a Harper Collins book sitting on the shelf.
0: How often you do, like what I've got here is a trade paperback. Um, how often do you do hardcovers versus trade versus mass market? Yeah, that's a great question. Um,
1: and, and, and some of it comes down to preference. Some of it comes down to um, our experience, hardcovers, um, uh, sometimes are a bit overkill. They're more expensive to produce. Sure. you can't always get more, a lot more for them, um, and especially if somebody is starting out in the process of selling books. We actually don't encourage our authors to print more than they need, and so you know usually it's a short run. It might be two hundred fifty or five hundred units to start. Uh, we don't want them to be overwhelmed with inventory, and, and so that fits best with a soft cover book. Um, we can always go back and do hardcovers. We can always go back and do custom editions. We can always do those types of things as that author grows. Maybe they're having a second book come out or a third book come out. We do an updated edition, all those types of things. Uh, the sky's the limit when right. when you work in indie publishing because you can do whatever you want. But we generally will will start an author in a soft cover because it makes the most sense.
0: I see. And then on... On the book, I'm just flipping through and looking at it. I'm printing the books. Is this all done through Amazon that you do th- that you do the prints? Use their printing services, or um, do you actually go to outside printers? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so
1: it it just de- it depends. Um, we we have um, occasionally printed through Amazon if we if that was the best scenario for the author. Generally, it's not. Um, we you know we've done the same thing even at at Ingram and Ingram Spark. They both have print-on-demand uh, solutions. We have other print-on-demand solutions that we are aware of. It's actually one of our specialties as an organization. My part of my background is is printing. I, I've worked for big commercial printers. Uh, I've been on the shop floors. I've I've, you know, talked with and worked with the the pressmen. I know how this process works. And through our years of experience, we've been able to develop relationships around the world with some of the best printers. Same printers that work with the big five, and, the, and, and a lot of the successful traditional publishers, we work with the same ones. Uh, we get the same discount that they get. And so what that allows us to do then is pass those lower prices on to our clients with higher quality products. We we just know this because we can put a book side by side with some of these other print-on-demand companies and and ours just is better. Um, and, and our clients say the same thing. That's, sure. So, uh, that's a really fun part of our, uh, of what we do is that we get to, uh, work within that packaging process. We get to help an author to create, uh, in many cases, a dream product that they've been thinking about for years and have just never been able to, to produce.
0: Okay. So now I'm, I'm big Joe. I've got my, uh, company and, um. I want to be able to – how is it that having a book is going to make me more successful?
1: Yeah, and, and that's a question we get asked a lot. So what, what is this going to do for me? What, you know, what's in it for me?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, of course, that's a great question to, to ask. We, we just know um, from our, our, our background, our history, the, the many, many uh, clients that we've worked with, that one of three things is going to happen. And then I mentioned them before, I'll mention them again. They, they will get, and in fact, we guarantee this. Uh, we guarantee that they will get uh, additional credibility. Mm-hmm. They're going to speak to larger and larger audiences, new audiences that they've never spoken to before. Uh, and they're going to land clients because of their book product. Uh, for because of their content. Uh, we, we, we just see it happen over and over and over again. And that's what our clients want. They want either one or all of those things to happen. And so, you know, we're, 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 as we're talking to them, we, this, we, we just, we talk about the, the fact that culturally you can have two people with the same backgrounds, the same experience, the same pedigree, the same schooling, all of those things. And one of those pr- people has a book And the other person doesn't. The person with the book just gets tapped over and over and over again as more of an expert, quote unquote, than the other person. Mm -hmm. And it's because they have this book product. When in in reality, it's they they have the same experience, they have the same background, but culturally, we've 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 you know given uh, we've elevated that person with the book, and so that's what's you're just seeing over and over in our in our industry now, that the book is a door opener, it's a credibility builder, and it's this big calling card that you can use um, as a, a business person to
0: expand what you're doing. I see. And like, how is it that, you know, you've, you come here to the Superstars Writing Conference, mm-hmm. so how have they um, incorporated your service you know, in training or enlightening attendees here, how what type of stuff you talk about? And how does how does that go down?
1: Yeah, it, it, a lot of it comes down to knowing who your customer is, um, and we know really well our customer on the nonfiction side. Most of the authors who are here at Superstars and and at, even at other conferences that we go to are fiction authors. Uh, and like I said before, you know, there's a, this this family, this tribe. They all help each other. So we, we know that we can't necessarily get in the middle of some of that, and we don't try. Right. Uh, but the two areas that we really do spend a lot of time helping, and in fact, I, I was teaching on this this week, is 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 printing and packaging, and how the um, you know the indie author who has maybe only used KDP print or has used um, Ingram Spark print but now is growing in their capacity, their ability to print more books, they're reaching out to more people, they need books for uh, events that they might be doing, or they need books because they're starting to really sell direct from their own website, which is hugely important for an author, um, where they can get those printed. And, and so we, we start very basic. We're starting with printing terminology you know, uh, with some of these authors so that they can communicate, whether it's us they're working with, or whether it's another commercial printing, uh, printing operation, they can communicate intelligently about their book. Mm -hmm. You know, what's, what's the head of a book? What's the, what's the foot of a book, the face, what's trim, what's, uh, what's bleed. I mean, these are simple. If you've been in the industry, you're like, well, those are simple terms, but, but most of the people that we work with here, especially indie authors, they don't know that they don't know those things. And so if they, if they're, if they're, um, if they learn those things they're they're much more prepared to kind of take that next step in
0: their own publishing career. okay At what point is it best to go from doing print on demand and actually then having print runs you know through a, a printer? So uh, print on
1: demand. Short-run and long-run are really the terminology in, in the industry. And print-on-demand is a technology, but it's also a tactic. So print-on-demand means you're printing one book at a time. Digital short-run printing is exactly the same thing. You're just printing one book at a time over and over and over again. So when, when we're working with clients or when the industry, the printing industry, works with clients, a short run is anywhere from one copy to typically about five hundred copies. Um, long run printing, or in the industry we call it offset printing mm-hmm. is uh, typically five hundred units or more. And so it's it's two different technologies producing very similar books these days. it's It's really quite hard in many cases to figure out which, which is if right. it's coming digitally or if it's coming through offset. Which is great, uh, but it allows for um, smaller and smaller print runs to be printed at the same at, at a time to give uh, kind of produce a reasonable cost per book.
0: Yeah, for those who know, offset is the actual the old what you can think of as the old fashioned printing presses yes. where is you got the ink on the plates and it just you've got four or five colors if it's a color thing and if it's just black and white you just got the black plate with. Right printing on it and you make the printing place, they go in a roller and just it prints it. Whereas the uh, digital is um, it's a computer that sends a, it's, it's you know, kind of like,
1: <laughs> it's kind of like a glorified
0: Xerox machine.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a process that's really revolutionized the printing industry because it, it, it used to be before you'd have these minimums that you'd have, I mean, the minimum may have been 500 copies. You couldn't print less than that. And so you had to, you had to take that many. Um, And I I think what it's done is it's allowed uh, people to just to be smarter with their money. You know, I I never recommend that an author has, you know, boxes and boxes of books on a shelf. It's just money sitting there. Uh, They should be using those resources to market their books and do other things so
0: that they can come back and print more. Now you're talking about marketing, which has the advertising and the PR and talk shows, the, the bookstore signings and stuff like that. So that's not what your service is, but that's part of what's going to have to be done to make them successful. So how do you deal with that? Yeah, it, it, in the past, we, we actually
1: offered services that implemented marketing strategies. And we we learned pretty quickly that, you know, that was not our lane. There are so many specialist organizations out there Uh, whether they're publicists or, or social media managers or, um, you know, marketing people that, that do other things, you know, Facebook ads, for example. I mean, I, I don't want to do Facebook ads. Um, and I don't, I don't want to do those on behalf of a client when I, that's not my expertise. Right. Uh, so what we do is we, we recommend, uh, key partners that we know that are very proficient in that, uh, to our clients. Uh, one of the things that we do have as part of our system is strategy. I mean, I you know I've been in the industry a long time. I know what typically does work, especially from a foundational standpoint. Uh, we talked about one of those things earlier. Websites, for example, author websites are so critically important for a, a, an author to have a home base online where they can start to de- develop that that relationship with their readers. Right. Because you're you're not going to get you don't get that relationship through Amazon. You know, Amazon owns that relationship. Right. You don't know who your buyers are. You don't know, you're, you you can't build a relationship through Amazon. It's a great place to sell a book. But if you can sell a book on your website, now you own that relationship. And, and it's one of the things that uh, the marketing gurus here at the conference were talking about uh, was, you know, building that relationship, selling online, owning your real estate rather than renting your real estate. And it's critical. So we we will sit down... And strategically help a client identify those three, five, seven things they need to do immediately. Put them in touch with uh, key players in the marketing field uh, that are very proficient at what they do, and then we we're there to help. But we're 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 not implementing those things.
0: I get it. All right. So I'm an executive. I'm a person. I just I'm, I want to have a book. So yeah, I think I can deal with 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 art so i have an idea of of art so i want to put together a book and so i had this idea okay i want some help with i want some editorial i'll buy some editorial and i want i don't need any art because i can do my art um i need i'll take some layout and i'll take um well let's start with that let's start with that so okay you know so sign me up i want those two things what do you do with something like that, and why?
1: Well, at the, at the end of the day, we're a work for hire company, so we work for clients. Um, we we generally dissuade our clients from trying to do things on their own, kind of the a la carte method, because you know then you're gonna you may have a very professional piece that's matched up with a very unprofessional piece. Maybe the cover design is not very professional, uh, for example, because the author wanted to do it themselves. You you, you know, we, we, (laughs) um, a lot of our clients don't like us sometimes because we are very honest with them. And we tell them at the very beginning, we will be. Um, At the end of the day, they are paying us. And so we will uh, do our best to accomplish what their mission and goals are. But we may tell them, we may give them the disclaimer that if you use that piece of art with, you know, this interior layout that looks very professional and that doesn't you know, we are telling you right now, this isn't going to work. And if they go through with it anyway, you know, that's that at that, that point, they're an adult that, you know, we, we work for them. We'll help them do what they want to do. But we'll, you know, we, we document those things and we, and it, when it comes back and they're like, this didn't work, we'll say, well, we'll point right to the point where we said it wasn't going to work and let them know that. And then we can help them again. But sometimes you have to let people unfortunately uh, go the, the the harder route, uh, and then it, they come back and
0: we can help them again. I got it. So you're not necessarily encouraging of all the cart methods. You know, your, your, your basic packages you want to be able to sell. Like you want a book, so I'm selling a product, not pieces. Uh, that, that's absolutely right. We, we know what every book needs to have. Uh,
1: we, we don't oversell something. We're not trying to upsell stuff that, that an author doesn't need. Uh, but we also don't want to undersell the process either because, you know, everything that we include, when when, when somebody asks me for a quote on a project, we include everything that they need. Um, and so we generally don't a la carte price this, the, the, you know, all of this because it's really easy for somebody to say, well, I don't need that and I don't need this and I don't need that when in fact they do, and if they don't
0: do those things, they're not gonna be successful. What's one of the easiest ways to have somebody have their own realization, like, I can't do this on my own. You were talking about earlier about add up the number of hours, yeah. and then.
1: Yeah, it, that's a, It's a, I mean, it's a great question because that is one of the things that we talk about early on in the process with a lot of our clients. You know, because they may say, and I've had clients that say, I, 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 I'd like to take a crack at writing this. And, and then I kind of look at them and I smile and say, you, you just got done telling me you don't have any time. So you're going to, as an indie author, especially a new indie author that maybe doesn't have any writing experience or very little writing experience, you're going to spend hundreds of hours developing a manuscript. And, and so I, I always ask, you know, are you prepared to spend two or two or 300 hours developing a manuscript? Um, and, and what is your time worth? Uh, and, and typically if you've got a successful entrepreneur, executive, and so forth, there it's hundreds of hours, a uh, hundred, a uh, hundreds of dollars per hour that they, you know, they charge and that, 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 that they're worth and, and rightly so because of their experience. And I say, you can do the math as well as I can. That's a lot of money you know, at that rate for those many hours. And so we say, you know, we come back and say, you know what? It's kind of like building a, a custom home. Um, you, you, you as a home buyer, home, you know, this is your home. You don't go out and try to do all of those things. You're not out there framing and doing the electrical work and the plumbing work. You're hiring experts who know how to do it, mm-hmm. know how to do it right, mm-hmm. uh, so that you get the product that you want at the end of the day. And and we we talk about this in terms of books as well where you know it it's okay to not write the book it's still your content it's still your ideas hire us as that professional framer to help you frame your book so that when it's uh, finished on the back end it's the product that you really wanted
0: good now you've done you were on a couple different panels this this weekend at, at superstars as instructor yes speaker what are the typical questions that are asked? Oh typical questions uh, from the panel. you um, have to do
1: with you know uh, printing and printing quality and how, you know what's the what's the minimum number you can print and um, you know some of those types of things. can you do a lot of it comes down to authors not really have they've never had the opportunity to dream about special additions, um, or special, you know, for example, foil stamp on a cover or you know, doing some embossing and doing some of the things that they see in a Barnes and Noble or from some of the big publishers and the, the realization that yes, that's available to them. Uh, it's not available through some of the print on demand solutions that they might have been using, but it is through, uh, organizations like ourselves because we, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are, uh, those are fun moments Um, when we get to start dreaming together about product and packaging. Um, You know, my background in traditional publishing, we did a lot of that. We were able to do a lot of that uh, where you're able to take content and dream up all the different ways that you can package that content and sell that content. Um, and, and, And that's why traditional publishers typically are fairly successful with some of the things that they do is because they can do that they have that ability, they have that background, and so what we bring to the table is we're, we, we help our clients dream in the same way. Mm-hmm. Do you ever do audiobooks too? We do not do audiobooks. It's not our lane, but we have, we've got partners, and so we recommend uh, partners that, that can do that. Uh, that's what they do well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know our delivery mechanisms that we're experts in are our book and ebook. Um, and you know, we can dream up lots of strategy, but there are things that we can't implement and,
0: and audiobooks is one of them. I got it. One thing that really, I get very, um, upset when I see, but I'm a book publisher too. I, yeah, you know, I, yeah. It's that's something personal. A, the, a book is a special thing. It is. And when you see. Bad quality. You get offsetting where you you see the book and the ink is a little bit on the opposite page too because it hadn't fully dry. Uh, You've got the uh, just really poor quality images on the photos. Um, They're blurry. They're they're cloudy, smudged. Yeah. Um, You know the. I think that's an important thing that you actually have a cause point on that as an author to make sure that what you have is good. So in terms of providing something like what works and doesn't work, you know, um when I do the podcast, people send, you know, say, send me the um your headshot. Yeah. And so I'll get something that's like ninety-five kilobytes, you know. (laughs) And I go, maybe it's fine on a Facebook image, right, but on a print it's not gonna on a work. So What do you tell people in terms of like um, image size and on w- when you have to deal with like on cover, like your, your cover picture there, that's got to be a hot lot higher resolution image than what you've got on the inside. Or maybe you keep it all the same. You have a minimum size.
1: Yeah, the minimum size really what we ask for is 300 DPI. So um, it's not about the size of the image necessarily as much as it is about the resolution of the image. So DPI is dots per inch. Dots per inch. Yes, Correct. And so, you know, there are, you may even be looking in the book there where sometimes you don't have access to a photo that's that resolution. And that's fine. But what we do is we tell our clients that, you know, that particular image is not going to print as as well as the other image that you provided that's higher resolution. So, you know, sometimes it's just setting the expectation. And, and, and unfortunately, the, you know, the consumer doesn't know that, but um, they're not going to hear that. But you know we can only do what we can do i mean if there's if there's nothing available that's at that
0: 300 dots per inch dpi then we go with what we what we have right do you ever arrange photo shoots to get shots that are needed for the inside of the book is that part of what you we, we can yeah absolutely uh, a lot of times the author um
1: will be doing that on their end um you know, like the book you were just holding brother Lux book uh, he actually had a photo shoot done, and we were able to use imagery from that. Um, and since he you know it, with our process the the our client is paying for everything. and so sometimes it's better for them to 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 manage that shoot rather than us manage it because once we get involved, we we have to be paid as well. So you know we take out the middleman on some of these things and and have our clients
0: just just do those. see so but you coach them along of how to do a proper. Images for this list of the sites. Oh, that we absolutely!
1: Need. Yeah, from an art direction standpoint, we we get
0: heavily involved with that. That yeah, because that's a thing. Do you ever do? Um, I mean, your cover is is color, but do you ever do like with Writers of the Future? We have the first. We have our our contest, and we have twelve illustrator winners and twelve writer winners, and the illustrator winners illustrate the winning story. That's part of what what they do. Right and. In our book, with the first, the first well, it's not the first signature; it's the second signature of the book is right. is on a different paper. Right. You know, so we and it's all four color process, and they're just, they're gorgeous. Right. And then later in the in the book, when you've got the the, the illustration is a black and white that's in or grayscale that's in the uh, with with the story itself in the book. Do you ever do like the the four color, along with the black and white stuff. Yeah, like absolutely. We've done
1: that in the past. The it, 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 the the caveat is that can't be done inexpensively in with digital printing because right. uh, I think one of the things that especially new authors learn is that you have, if you have any color at all in a in a book and you try to print it digitally, it's a hundred percent color product. I mean, it's a it's a print run priced at a color rate, um, and so. You know, what generally, we if if somebody wants that, we have to go into an offset environment, a longer run in order to accomplish that so that it's uh, reasonably
0: priced. So you do like the one signature. So You put all the the color in one signature or whatever it is, or two signatures. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the most economical way of doing it. And that's what a
1: lot of. Publishers do is yeah. for that reason. So you take at a signature break, yes, you've got a, an eight-page or a 16-page signature that's in full color. It might be a different paper. It might be the same sure. paper.
0: Yeah. yeah. Now, do you ever do um, uh, coffee table books?
1: We have, yeah. Um, and, and the same sort of thing applies there. Uh, we, you know, we print in the U.S. Uh, we print in China. We print in Canada. We print um, where the right... Where the, the where the right printer is at for that particular product, and so we yeah we've done coffee table books uh, that are full color throughout. Uh, of course, our children's books are full color throughout, and you know sometimes those range those. You know we've done oversized coffee table books. Uh, we don't do those nearly as often because they it's a it's a not an inexpensive process to produce those. I mean to actually like lay them out and design them and art direct them. It's it's
0: not cheap. Yeah. Well, before we started this interview, when I was setting up, you were looking at one of these um, coffee table books. We've got the one Master Storyteller. Oh, yes. I that's yeah. There's a so much into that to the design and because a coffee table book isn't just a book for reading. It's no. also a show. As a showpiece, it is that you want to be able to. Um, it has to be visually interesting. It has to.
1: You know carry this st- the, the the images have to carry the story along with the text i mean it's all has to be every page has to be laid out individually uh as a, sp- a special project basically
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah It's is it's a serious deal that a lot of work went into that book so on um so for someone that says okay i think i want to do this how do they proceed what do they do how do they how do they reach out and contact you and what's that procedure yeah, it's, it's really
1: easy. I mean, we've got a website. It's IndieAuthorBookServices.com. Um, my email is really simple. It's Dave, D-A-V-E at IndieAuthorBookServices.com. And, and I generally take the the first calls. And I like to have that interaction with potential clients. Uh, and we, it's a very uh, simple process. We just talk about what's important to our, our potential client, what their goals are for the book what their target audience is for the book. Uh, what are they, you know, what are they trying to accomplish at the end of the day? And we talk, then we talk about our, what we do. Uh, and, and if it, if the client wants to or potential client wants to go to a proposal stage, we, we take it to that stage, put it all in writing so that there are, are there's no an- ambiguity and, and, and it just, it just kind of happens from that standpoint. Sometimes, you know, things happen very quickly. You know, within a week or two, we're working on a project. Sometimes it's months and months and months because the, uh, the client is not ready to do something. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, not, we don't, we're not pushy. We don't try to get people to do things uh, outside of their own timing because
0: we've just found that doesn't work. Yeah. Okay, so now I look at this book here, No Lux Given. It doesn't say DAW or Dell or anything else. It's got a barcode in the back. But don't you have to have that Dell or DAW or something like that in order to get into a bookstore? No, not
1: at all. You, you have to have a, a great professionally designed book um, that has a, an ISBN and a barcode. Um, and preferably marketing that's driving consumers into that, that uh, retailer as well. Because you know, there, it's, it's actually not that difficult to get a book into a retail store. It's to get the book through the retail store. And so, you know, we've got the ability uh, for clients uh, that do have a platform and, and do have the wherewithal to market and do publicity and do all of the different things that every publisher and author needs to do to be successful. Uh, we have the ability to bring them in with a sales team and a distribution center and all of those types of things. Uh, but it has to, again, it has to be the right fit. Uh, I hate spending, to be honest with you, I hate spending my clients money when they don't have to spend it. And so it, if, a, if, they, if a client doesn't have that wherewithal, it's maybe a first book, they're still trying to develop their platform. We We just kind of tell them to hold off on some of that until we get some critical mass, their platform is growing to a point where it starts to make sense. Maybe they have a second book out or a third book out. Um, that's when we start to maybe have that conversation about taking them to a national distribution platform.
0: But you're totally able to do that when, when it gets to that point. Correct, yes. Yeah. So my last question or area, so what's been your biggest, if you can talk about, success with helping somebody jump up to the next level as, as a professional because of, of, your, of having a book?
1: Well, uh, I'll give you two instances. Number one, we we published a book last year um, by a, a black activist, uh, uh, actually a North Carolina pastor. And um, he. we went through the process, ghost wrote the book, uh, helped him produce it, uh, put together an amazing cover, all of those things, helped him release the book. And three weeks later, he was picked up by a traditional publisher. Um, because they were so excited about what he was doing. They, they loved the book they they loved how it was written. They loved the design. Uh, and you know, I, those are mixed feelings because now that was a client now that's gone traditional <laughs> and, 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 and maybe I won't get to work with him on another project, but at the same time I was cheering him on because I was so excited for him and, and it was a validation of our process and sure. what we do. Uh, so that's one, um, uh in another case we have helped a um a gentleman who has published a book uh that is on financial literacy and uh that that author um has had some inroads into uh different school districts around the country and so as we're working with him and encouraging him he's now been able to uh, do some things with that book that are, uh, I mean, we're, we're literally going to be printing 125,000 units of that book to go into a school district actually at a statewide level. And, and that is now catapulting him into other meetings with, uh, state school boards and, in, in large city school boards around the country to do similar things. And, and he's kind of got a tiger by the tail because of that. Uh, and, and if, That takes off. There's like four million seniors uh, in in America in high school. If that starts to take off, and 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 you see these these states uh, want to um, work with this book and use this book on an annual basis, that's a lot of books. It is. And so uh, those are fun things that we've been able to be involved with and help and and help authors realize dreams and and um, but but even authors who have published and they've, they've gained credibility and new clients. And I mean, those are success stories too, because they come back and they say, you know what, this, this book helped me land my next six figure client. And, and those that makes it all worth it. So we get excited about that.
0: I should think so. One last question. This is obviously the rise of future podcast. Um, it's a contest that was created by Elwyn Hubbard in 1983 to help aspiring writers. Are you familiar at all with any of Elwyn Hubbard's fiction works? A little bit, yeah. I just I was just looking through the book.
1: It's amazing everything that he he wrote and was involved with.
0: Yeah, and he was he had a lot of attention. He, was, he himself was very knowledgeable on the whole subject of publishing and went through all the different steps and procedures going back from the 1930s, coming forward what he did. I don't think you've read *Battlefield*. I want to give you a copy of *Battlefield Earth*. Just it, it's situated here in Colorado Springs. This is actually where it starts. This oh wow. Is, yeah. So it takes place a thousand years in the future. And Pikes Peak is now called High Peak is what he calls it. You know, the the hero calls it in there. But um the last battle against the aliens that invaded were uh just down the street here by um the Air Force Academy and there's a the cadets that had the last bi- battle against them. They didn't win. But um, when Johnny gets there and finds the, the wings there, he's, he's determined he's going to take back the skies and, and win back. But it's right here around, it starts here in Colorado Springs. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty cool. All right. Well, um, our hour is, is gone. And um, I'm so glad that you sat at the table last night. We had a chance to chat and you said, Have you ever talked about this before? And uh, it just opened up immediately. I, I really wanted to do this because we've not covered this before. And um, it's a, it's a leg- legitimate part of publishing that people need to know is available to them and it a is. lot of people have stories they want to tell and they're totally backed off because they don't know what to do to write a book right so this, this isn't any less of a valuable book if if it's your ideas if it's your thoughts but someone else that's already trained in the skill of writing that can take that and transition that to something that somebody else will go and like wow, this is really fascinating just like you know this uh, no luck's given brother luck is. His skill set as a chef, he's got an amazing life story, which he wouldn't to have told. Mm-hmm. And so getting somebody who knows how to translate those experiences into words that people can read and, and understand, it, it's a legitimate thing. There's nothing illegitimate about that. Right. So I think this is, I think this is really good that we've taken this time to, uh, to discuss it. I really appreciate your time.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: Yes. And thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Writers of the Future podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We've also been syndicated on the United Public Radio Network, where you can find these podcasts as well. Writers of the Future series can be purchased wherever books are sold in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., Australia, and South Africa, and available everywhere via Amazon.com. We are especially appreciative of our sponsor, Carnation, for supporting this podcast. Carnation has been making delicious milk products for over a century and is still going strong. Writers and illustrators of the future contest, created by Elvin Hubbard to provide a means for the aspiring writer and artist to be seen and acknowledged. It is free to enter and open to amateur short story writers and artists of science fiction or fantasy. Again, thank you very much, Dave.
1: Thank you.